And we are live. What is going on, everybody? My name is Nikki Smokes, joined by my co-host, Bobby. And you are listening to The Smoke Show, your home for Miami Dolphins football. How are we feeling today, Bobby? Oh, we're feeling great, baby. I got the USA jersey on. My local Rochester Americans were playing in the AHL playoffs today. Um, I got about an hour left at work that I'm going to start hitting some beers pretty hard. Go to that game tonight. So I'm looking forward to it, bro. I got the positive vibes going on over here. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the positive vibes. We both threw out the little throwback. I got the old blue Chris Chambers on. Guy brings out the, uh, I don't even know what year that's from, but that's an elite hockey jersey right there. The Patty Kane, baby. I don't know if you can see that. Very fire, very fire. So the throwbacks are on. The boys are absolutely buzzing. And you know who else is wearing, uh, not throwback, but unique jerseys is Christian Wilkins. He was the practice player of the day he's wearing the orange practice jersey just one of the few things that i love from mcdaniel he's keeping it fun he's keeping it energetic and not only do they get to wear their orange little practice jersey but they also get to control the playlist for the entire practice and i think that's awesome i just love how mcdaniel he's getting everyone involved he's making it a more friendly environment whereas flores if you remember he would use his music to kind of like throw shots at yep. players. Uh, who was it? It was Kenny Stills. And um, I think he did it to Xavier Howard, too. Might have been Xavier Howard be with, with with his trying to get the paycheck. Kenny Shout paycheck. out John Ruiz. Um, but yeah, no, I love what McDaniels is doing. I think it's great. I think the team loves it. You see Tua over there smiling during practice, hugging his quarterback coach. You could tell the vibe's different over there with McDaniels. Yeah, bro. It's sick. I love that orange practice jersey idea. Um, I mean, if you look at the Dolphins TikTok account, the one day it was Sealer and Wilkins walking out and Sealer had the orange jersey. The next day they were walking out again and Wilkins had it. So it's cool to see it getting passed around. Um, I saw McDaniel did an interview talking about it and I just thought it was funny because he was like, yeah, they get to control the music and then we throw them in an orange jersey. So if no one else likes the music, they know exactly who's playing it. Just another fun thing he's doing. He's bringing the positivity. He's bringing the camaraderie. The team seems like it's coming together, man. They're all sticking up for each other, having a little bit of fun. I saw Tua got the orange jersey one of the days. So, you know, that's a good thing. He's I wonder what his practice. playlist was like. You think he had like the uh, the Hawaii music? Everyone's like aloha vibing out the whole time at practice. I was wondering the same thing, bro. He, he has to. He's got to keep it traditional. That Hawaiian culture, that that aloha music, I think it would be money. I, he had to have played that. Shout out Matty Moe for shouting out John Ruiz. He won the tickets. They are going to be on his way soon. I got to pick the game, though. I don't know which game yet, so give me a minute. But those tickets will be on the way, John. Don't you worry. Yes, we got to talk about what Tyree Kill said about Tua Tonga-Vailoa. I mean, at this point, he might as well just come out and say that Tua is better than Patrick Mahomes. He said that Tua is, has thrown some of the prettiest balls, pause, that he's ever caught, pause. So Tyreek is doing something that we haven't seen anyone on this team do since Tua was drafted, and that's come out and openly support him. Even last year when the whole Watson thing was going on, you had guys like, yeah, I like Tua, or like, yeah, I like Tua's our guy. But no one like confidently spoke with their chest. I like, yeah, we love Tua. Tua's our guy. Tyreek Hill. When our media team put out that terrible underthrow video that took the entire world by storm, Tyreek Hill came back like a day later, day after, and he was like, nah, check this out. Like, this is my quarterback. Like, this is Tua. Comes out, corrects the mistake, has his back. And then he comes out, 
and he says, Tua throws one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught. So what do you make of that? Is it is it finally rewarding to have a superstar come out and back your quarterback like that? Yeah, bro, a couple things on that. And I thought it was funny because when Tyreek was saying it, he's like, he, he threw the prettiest ball I ever caught. And then he kind of like slowed down. He goes, I'm going to stop saying that because I know it just sounds weird. That was funny <laughs> as hell. I thought he was actually going to throw a pause in there himself, which would have been hilarious. But, I mean, it's great. I mean, Tyreek is a absolute bona fide star in the NFL. He's one of yes. the top at his position group. There's not many times you could say that as a Dolphins fan. And then when you get that guy coming out in support of the quarterback, um, it, it's unreal. And I thought some of his comments were, were spot on that football a lot of times comes from confidence. You play better football when you're confident. He said himself, he's just a very confident guy. So he always has that in him, which you could tell just by the way he carries himself. But he said if, if giving a little bit more confidence to Tua is going to make him play better, he's going to stick by it and do that for everybody. So I love to see that. That's what leadership looks like. He's doing it off the field. He's doing it on the field. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, roll that clip. If you guys haven't seen it, I'm going to show you guys a clip right now. Bobby, let me know if you could hear it or not. Yep. Nope. No, you can't hear it? No, unfortunately not. Dude, I hate when I do that. It's because I have the headphones plugged in, and anytime yeah. I go on the AirPods, they can't hear it on the stream. Well, here it is right there on Twitter. All you got to do is type in Tyreek Hill, scroll down and see it. I'll figure that out on how I can get the audio to play because that's pretty, pretty annoying that I can't get that to play for you guys. But anyway, basically, Tyreek Hill is probably one of the funniest Dolphins we've had in a while. Like his, yeah, his, his presence on Twitter is hilarious. I mean, look at this. You don't even have to hear the audio for this. Does this outfit make me look fat? For sure, Tyreek. <laughs> you know you look like a ripped absolute animal your bicep is as i don't even know you look like you just got sculpted by michelangelo during the renaissance <laughs> dude look at him yeah he's, he's a fucking he's monster unreal, unreal. and it, it's like the twitter presence like you said we haven't seen like guys like this using their platform kind of right. poking fun but at the same time they're like doing beneficial things for their teammates sticking up yes. for their quarterback just just doing all those kind of cool little things that I wasn't sure if Tyreek was going to be that kind of guy. We all know what he brings on the field. Not really sure what off the field he was going to bring, but so far everything has been gold from him. It, it seems like a perfect fit, which which I absolutely love. Yep. No, I'm really I'm really excited to see how him and Tua are going to play off each other. But I'm really excited to see how much Waddle is going to benefit from having Tyreek Hill right next to him because as we all know Jalen Waddle is a beast man he is an absolute savage I had no problem with him being our wide receiver one I just us going out there and getting Tyreek Hill was like a cherry on the top I wasn't yeah. expecting that I was expecting maybe we go get Allen Robinson or Amari Cooper you know but Tyreek Hill came out of nowhere man and you have to put Jalen behind him you have to maybe in five to six years when Tyreek's a little older and Jalen's in his prime you you'll, you might be able to put Jalen Waddle over Tyreek Hill in five to six years, but right now, Jalen's number two, Tyreek's number one. But I think Jalen's going to benefit so much from being a number two at this stage in his career. He's not going to have to worry about the double teams. He's not going to have to worry about being the main point of emphasis for the uh, for the opposing team's defense. This guy's just going to go out there. He's going to do what he does best. He's going to have the second best cornerback on that team who is not going to be better than Byron Jones. It's not going to be better than Xavier Howard. The guys that he's going up against to practice, Jalen Waddle is going to absolutely fucking cook people this year because he has Tyreek Hill alongside of him. 
Yeah, bro. And, and I mean, even to add to that, the, the upgraded offensive line as well. So we don't have to throw him the ball right at the line of scrimmage one second because mm-hmm. you got no protection and just let him run with it. We're going to finally get to uh, unleash him a little bit and, and run some of those double moves where yep. I have a feeling he's going to be cooking defenders and just running wide open on some of these because he's going to be facing that second corner. He's not going to be getting that double team. And honestly, bro, I think Waddle goes crazy. I know he had a thousand yards last year somehow um, in that offense, even catching the ball so quickly. I definitely got him slotted over a thousand again. And I think the touchdown number is the number we see go up six. I mean, six is solid. I'm looking more for eight, maybe double digits, 10 touchdowns out of, out of Waddle this year. I think he's more than capable. And I'm trying to see, is he still doing the penguin Waddle this year? I saw he broke nah, something bro, new. He's got that new, he's got the new touchdown dance going on. That thing is fire. Yeah, it was that good. thing is tough. Now he'll, he'll, he'll bring out the Waddle. Like he's Jalen Waddle. He has to Waddle. But he'll have some new dance moves as well. Um, I wanted to ask you your take on Nick Wright having the Miami Dolphins going 5-12. and 12. I mean, this guy has to be absolutely heartbroken. This freaking clown wants to come up here and say, we're going to go 5-12 and 12 because we took Tyreek Hill off his team. Bro, go in your corner. Go cry. But stop making yourself look like an idiot. We've had back-to-back winning seasons. We've upgraded our entire roster each and every single year. And you think we're going to win five games? Like, how salty are you, bro? I get it. Your best player left your team. I know Patrick Mahomes is still on your team. You lost your best weapon. But you're going to come after us and say we're going 5-12 and because we took your best gadget? Go cry in a corner. I know you're in panic mode. I know you're panicking. You just lost to Joe Burrow in the AFC Championship game. You barely beat Buffalo. You thought you were going to have this 10-year, 12-year dynasty. Well, guess what? You might be one and done. I'm sorry. I don't know what else to tell you. Get off of our meat. 5-12 and 12 is embarrassing. I didn't even know he was a Chiefs fan. To be completely honest with you, Nick Wright is easily one of my least favorite people on Twitter. I went out and blocked him myself because I just hated when I would see his shit come up on my timeline. I I get that in that industry, you kind of got to throw some shit out there that sounds crazy to get the people talking. I mean, Skip and Stephen A have kind of perfected the craft, but Nick Wright is just an all around loser. So anything he says, (laughs) you take with a grain of salt. He's just looking for people to, to hop on and talk to him and get some clicks. So for that reason, I got that clown blocked. Um, I take nothing he says seriously. He, he's the ultimate loser, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't stand him. And then it's hilarious. If you go back and watch what he used to say about to a pre-draft, he said, you're the best quarterback in this draft class. You're the best player in this draft class. Oh, my gosh. Like, if I were the New England Patriots, I would trade up and I would go get him. He's going to be a superstar. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we take Tyreek and it's like, oh, two is just the worst quarterback in the league. He sucks. He's such a bad quarterback, blah, 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 blah. Now, I understand based off what you've seen the last two and a half, three years. I understand that you could retract on that statement because I agree like Tua hasn't shown me anything that he's going to be a superstar in this league, but I'm not ruling it out. But just to completely flip flop from calling him a superstar future face of the league to absolute terrible quarterback that has no future going on in the NFL because we took Tyreek Hill is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, dude, I I totally get that going back a little bit and saying, okay, this is what I thought the guy was going to be coming out so far. He hasn't quite been there tempering your expectations a little bit, but to just do the complete and utter 180, just because 
you want to make a point or a comment that because your team lost a player. I mean, just that I can't, I can't do it. That, that sort of media drives me crazy. There's no, there's nothing behind it. It's just a guy saying something crazy and then they're going to debate it for a half an hour so they can run something on TV. Yep. I can't even watch it. it. It actually makes my blood boil. Cause it's just, there's not even, there's no facts behind it. There's no evidence. It's just some idiots take and it's just not a good one. And I don't even know why that rat is famous. Like what puts him on TV? Yeah. I don't, I don't know how at. he got, he, I don't know. I don't know how he got his foot in the door. I don't, yeah, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't even want to talk about that little weasel over there. (laughs) Screw him. The Dolphins are winning way more than five games. But I wanted to ask you, uh, as two guys that play fantasy football, two guys that absolutely love the Miami Dolphins, who is the one Dolphin player that you have to have on your fantasy team this year if you want to win a championship? Because we both know. We, we're going to draft at least one Dolphin player. I don't care how bad the team is. Even when we go back to the year that we were supposed to tank, I still had a Dolphins player on the team. I know you're going to have at least one. Who is the one Dolphin player that you need on your fantasy football team? 100%. It's the golden rule. You need a Dolphin on your team. Even if you're not going to start him week in, week out, you need him on the roster. Last year, I took Miles Gaskin. That didn't turn out too hot for me. Um, but I did also take Jalen Waddle. And I was just yes. talking about him. It is a keeper league that I play in. So I think it's Not an easy choice for me. Jalen Waddle as the keeper. That way I already got my Dolphins secured on the roster. I, I think he's going to have a better year like I was just going over. And I think people are going to kind of overlook him just because of the fact that Tyreek and this and that. It's like Waddle is unreal. He already has that chemistry with Tua Bama last year. So Waddle's going to be my pick for that. I think he's going to be. He's not going to be a top 10 receiver, I don't think. I think he has the potential, but he's going to be somewhere in that like wide receiver two. You're starting him every week type of deal. So Waddle is my right. guy, no doubt. Well, so last year in my fantasy football league, I had Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So it was, a, it was a dream come true. And now they're both on my favorite football team. Well, Jalen was always on my favorite football team. But I can't have both of them. And that's the part that sucks. You can't have both. You can't have two receivers on the same team if you want to win a championship in fantasy football. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work. And then when the bye week comes, you're basically taking an L. BJ with a crazy take. Give me Mike G all day. Dude, I don't know. I always get burned by Gusecki every single year. Tight ends are such a premium. Yep. BJ, if you want to come on and talk about that, I'd love to have you on. But... um. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. Now, I wouldn't mind at all if it was Jalen Waddle, at all. But I feel like when I have a superstar like that on my favorite team, I'm obligated to draft him because nothing would piss me off more than walking my happy ass into the Hard Rock Stadium, watching Tyreek Hill go down the sideline 70 yards, throwing up the peace sign, scoring a touchdown, and I checked my phone, and now I'm losing in fantasy by 20 points. <laughs> that would piss me off. I love having Tyreek Hill on my fantasy team. I've had him for two years in a row. And now that he's on the Miami Dolphins, who am I to pass up on that? So I'll 100% take Tyreek Hill strictly out of like upside and potential. Because I deep down, I think Jalen Waddle is probably going to have a better fantasy year. But that's just my opinion, and I could be wrong. So I'm going to go with, you know, like the bonafide stud, 
in Tyreek yeah. Hill. I mean, Jalen Jalen Waddle's a stud too. I'm I am so contradicting right now because it's so hard to pick <laughs> between the two. Because I think I think Waddle's gonna go crazy as a number two. I really think he is. But when I have a guy like Tyreek Hill, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL on my team, I gotta take him. Yeah, I mean, how could you go wrong with Tyreek? I, I mean, I think BJ brings up a good point with Kaseki. I'm not gonna lie, especially because everyone who plays fantasy knows that tight end there's like four guys five guys who are going to be studs who are going to be good and then from there the list kind of falls off well I feel like Gasecki could be one of those guys that ends up being one of those stud tight ends but I don't think he's going to get drafted say that every year bro I know I know we say that every single year by the way I just dropped a link in the comments if any of you guys want to come up here talk some dolphins talk some fantasy links in the comments if you guys want to hop on but, man, Mike, Mike Isecki, he kills me every year because I always have so much expectations for him. And I always see the glimpse of success. I see the great one-hand catches. And maybe it was a system thing, you know? I mean, we didn't really throw the ball a lot. And if we did, it was one to two yards. It really wasn't. We weren't getting vertical. That could yeah. change this year. BJ, what do you think? Uh, just on the Mikey G, I'm with Bobby here. Like, there's four to five good ones, and you've also never seen him with two top, at best, top 15 receivers. And Cedric Wilson's not too bad either. So, I think he'll because everyone's just going to keep an eye on those two. So, I think that opens up the middle a lot for him because you have to play one deep uh-huh. safety on Tyreek at all times, or he'll be the number one receiver in fantasy. <laughs> you don't. No, I mean, I agree 100%. I think just adding more weapons on the outside opens up the inside major. Um, two things on Mike Gusecki. Number one, um, my boy went to Penn State where he went. He played on the football team. He sent me videos of Mike Gusecki playing basketball and dunking the basketball. He's and it was nice. some of the craziest shit I've ever seen. He's got straight bunnies. He's throwing down windmills, reverses. Like, he was disgusting at basketball. So, he's a freak athlete. And number two... I like Mike Gusecki. I do. I want him to be great, but he needs to stop being so damn soft on on Twitter and blocking everybody. For some reason, I'm blocked by Mike Gusecki on Twitter. So I had a feeling I must have tweeted something. He had a bad game or something. So I, I went and I Twitter searched my name and any like thing that could come up. His at Mike Gusecki. I never said a bad word about the guy. And for some reason, now I'm blocked on Twitter. That's kind of bothersome. So Mikey G needs that's, to clean that up. The fans want to follow him. They want to support you, bro. Stop blocking That's his your fans. thing, bro. He loves blocking people. He loves blocking people on Twitter, but not on the field. That That's the joke that goes around <laughs> yeah. about Mike Gusecki. But he really he blocks random people, even if you don't say anything. I don't know how. I don't know why. I'm not blocked. I don't want to be blocked because I, I, fuck with, I fuck with Big Mike, you know? But, yeah, that's his thing. He loves to block people on Twitter. I don't know if he just goes on his search bar and looks up Miami Dolphins and then clicks on, like, our fan profiles and just blocks people. I, like, I don't know what the hell he's doing. I don't, I don't I'm good. I'm not blocked either, so I'll take it. Just just me. Yeah. Just you. <laughs> Must be you, bro. He probably saw you were in Rochester and thought you we were, were a Bills fan. about it earlier. You. Did Nick Wright said we were going 5-12. and 5-12 and 12 and finishing worse than the Jets. See, I don't, I don't think the Jets are even the worst team in our division. I, I the Patriots. I, I truly believe. I mean, they didn't do anything. They made the playoffs. I meant like the off season. They added Devontae Parker, but he's not a number one. I mean, he's yeah, just he's not. pretty mid. Can't even see. He's pretty mid. 
you know, I mean, he's a great number two, number three, but Kendrick, they, they just didn't do anything. They lost J.C. Jackson. And our offensive That's, coordinator is a previous head coach that was a defense coordinator. I, I don't know. I'm confused on that. I, so. You might be right. And to be and honest, I really, 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 really hope you're right because I would love to see the Patriots finish in last place. And the but Jets I got to ask you, okay. playing devil's advocate, I mean, none of us believe this is going to happen. If the Dolphins went 5-12 and 12 and you are Steven Ross, what is your first course of action after the season ends? In order? Yes. <laughs> Chris Greer's gone. Tua's gone. Uh, McDaniel's gone. And anyone else who wants to join that firing ship, you might as well get on it. <laughs> I mean, There's I think it, it's that much money and we don't at least you, you got to win 10 games. If that happens and we go five and 12 after because he's been putting in the effort. We, we won't lie. We talked about it the other day. Maybe sometimes a little shady. It is what it is. But if he does all this for the Dolphins to go out and win five games, he might as well stop taking whatever medication he's on because I know he's on medication with his old ass. He might as well just die a peaceful death in his bed so he doesn't have to go through this every single year. Like at that point. It's got to be so annoying to him that he can't get a winning football team that he might as well just give up on it. I, I truly think I at agree. that point he's got nothing left. And yep. Tom Brady would be on the phone the next day. Yep. <laughs> if, I, if I'm Stephen Ross and Nick Wright, the clown, is right, and we only win five games, I'm hosting a public ceremony at Hard Rock Stadium, going on top of the roof, Making Chris Greer walk the plank, bye bye, <laughs> gone forever, cutting Tua. Then I'm gonna be myself, Stephen Ross, walk off the roof of the Hard Rock Stadium. Boom, end it right there. Knock the whole stadium down. Let the Indian burial ground come back to life. <laughs> then I'm gonna have my successor take over the team, move the stadium. Get it off the Indian burial ground because this team would be cursed if we only won five games. I would legitimately, myself, not as Steven Ross, like me, Nikki Smokes, if this team won five games, I would deactivate everything. I would stop talking about this team. I would delete my Twitter. I would delete my YouTube. I would delete my life. I would probably never watch the NFL again. If this team right here were to win five games, it would be the biggest letdown of my entire life. And I've been a Dolphin fan for 22 years. Yeah. I mean, it was going down that path last year. Well, when we started the season out that bad, I was so sick of everything. I was like, I'm not wearing Dolphins gear. I'm not buying anything from the team shop and supporting them. I hardly want to watch the games. I'm definitely not talking about them afterwards. And, And, we ended up right in the ship, turning it around, still came up a little bit short, but it did kind of save my perception on, on the season because like I was yep. at that point where I was like, dude, I'm done. I, I put way too much effort into this team for them to just continue to suck. So, I mean, if it was to happen so this bad. year, I would feel that way. But, I mean, how does it happen? How does this team only win five games? I can't see it. Yeah, me neither. I, th- I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to win at least 10 to 11 games. BJ, how many games do you think the Dolphins are going to win this year? Uh, just not even you, because those first four. I mean, I 
I could easily see us going on four and fumbling the bag at first. It would kill us, but really the the first one's not too bad. The next three are, I mean, that's three of the top four, you know, betting odds to win the AFC this year. So I want to say 10, but I, I'm going to say, I'm going to stick with Vegas and say nine right now, just to not get my hopes up too high, I not be that. too low. I think it's level-headed. It's level-headed. You're setting the expectations kind of where they need to be. But at the same token, we're winning double digits this year. Boys. We're winning double digits this year. I really, here, the thing is, Bobby, is that last year I slammed over nine and a half. Like I had it for my nutsack. And I got it at nine, too. So I pushed one, lost one. Because the year before I said, bro, we won 10 games. Yeah. We won double-digit games. We didn't make the playoffs. I'm like, there's no way we're going to get worse. So I bet us to make the playoffs. I bet us to win the AFC East. I bet us to win more than nine and a half games. And then we start one and seven. So I, I kind of know where BJ is at. Set the bar low and, and just pray that we go high. So I'm yeah. with that. I, I hear you. I think 10 wins has to be the standard. Nine wins is not going to get us in the playoffs. I mean, it's not. Not in this AFC and I, I mean, I took a lot of those same bets with you, Smoke, too, at the beginning of last year. Um, the sickest one I took with the worst ending was um, I bet one of my buddies, Dolphins, to have a better record than the Patriots. Straight up, 100 mm. bucks. The Dolphins go out there and sweep the Patriots, do everything we can do, and I still lose the bet. Man. That one had left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. I can't lie. If you would have told me that we would have swept the Patriots and missed the playoffs, I would have just laughed in your face. Yeah. And like, the Patriots made the playoffs. Like I don't even know how that happened. I, that I'm with BJ. I, I don't see anything in the Patriots. I'm a Mac, uh, Mac Jones hater. I don't think he he's the guy. I mean, is he a decent um, starter in the NFL? Sure, but I don't think he'll ever be a top ten quarterback. The defense is getting worse. Belichick's getting older. I mean, I don't see how they continue to just win games and go to the playoffs. They don't have Brady anymore, obviously. So the demise is coming for the Patriots, and I can't wait because all those fans up in Foxborough need a taste of, like, some shitty losing football. And I and I wish I them the worst. I need them to have a couple three-win seasons, maybe pick first in the draft or something because their time on top has come to an end, and, and they need to just taste what it feels like to be a, a bad franchise and have no hope. No, pick they second. They had Cam Newton for a year. Was like an all-time great quarterback. Yeah, right. <laughs> They had Cam Newton for a year and thought they went through pain and suffering. Like, bro, you didn't even go through Cleo Lemon, okay? You didn't go through Chad Henney. You didn't go through shit, brother. You didn't go through – I'm pretty sure Testaverde took a playoff snap when Matt Moore got knocked out against Pittsburgh. Like, you don't know pain and suffering, okay? Who was, well, our, who was our backup to Moore in that playoff game? I think it was Testaverde. I'm like 90% positive because I was at the game and I was like, who the fuck is this guy taking a snap? <laughs> oh, my God. It was bad, bro. It was who really, was really it, bad. Dude? I remember. I remember it happening. I can't think of the name. Remember, I, it, it'll never get as bad as uh, Cleo Lemon, though. When we, we tossed him at quarterback like a while back, and I was just like, what are we even doing? It, it, I mean, you could go through a laundry list of quarterbacks that we've had that have just been like not only the worst quarterback in the league, but maybe like just the worst quarterback of the season. It, but it, that's it, why that's why we need Tua to work so bad, you know? And that's why I think this fan base is so divided on social media platforms is strictly because of the quarterback. Some people 
just want it. They just want to see it, you know? Like, we've seen so much mediocrity, so much dog shit play, that anytime we draft a quarterback in the first round, we want it to be that next Dan Marino yeah. or at least a guy that could get us to that promised land because we haven't had a quarterback last more than eight years. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is the longest reigning quarterback the Miami Dolphins have ever had, and he didn't even play in the playoff game. He didn't even make it to play in the playoff game, bro. I mean, dude, we wasted countless um, seasons with Tannehill at the helm. But, I mean, at this point for me, kind of similar how I feel about the offensive line, if this quarter, if Tua doesn't work out, it's time to stop drafting quarterbacks and it's time to just go buy one because it, it's pretty apparent that we can't draft a quarterback to save our lives. So if this doesn't work out, it's a situation where you need to look at the top free agent quarterbacks on the market and go out and grab one of those so that at least you know you're getting a proven talent and you're not going out there trying to risk it all for a quarterback in the first round, committing four years for them, and then just never-ending cycle. Let's go buy one if it doesn't work, you know? Agreed. 100% agree. I wanted to ask you guys this question. Because the biggest thing with Tannehill, we always had excuses, right? Oh, Tannehill doesn't have this. Tannehill doesn't have that. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And then it was just seven and eight years of just repeating excuses, why it's not working, why it's not working. If Tua goes out there and the Miami Dolphins offensive line ranks 20th through 25th and we don't make the playoffs, is that an excuse for us to stick with Tua or not? I'll start with BJ. Uh, I, I don't think so, just in the sense how much, like, controversy the team faced this year. You already had conversations with Brady. You had conversations with Watson. You're already – I mean, Stephen Ross is iffy on it. He can say what he wants. He, I mean, it's obvious. So, no, I, don't, I really don't think it matters if we have the 32nd ranked. I think he has to perform to keep his job. I think he has to be a top 15, 15 quarterback to keep his job. I think he has to pass the eye test to keep his job. You look at Justin Herbert, one that. one rookie of the year with the 32nd worst offensive line in the league. I love the eye test word. That's I think stats for quarterbacks are more padded than any other position in the I, league. I would agree with that. I, I like I want to see you with my own eyes make fucking plays. Like when Josh Allen was terrible, his first two years, you're like. Bro, this guy is hurtling safeties. He's hurtling linebackers. <laughs> he just risked through the ball 75 yards with one fucking hand. Like, you saw it there. Like, you saw yeah. it there. All he had to do was just learn how to accurately throw the football. So, I think the eye test is very important when it comes to a quarterback. But, Bobby, what would you think? I mean, for me, it should almost be the team motto is, is no more excuses this year. Cause I'm sick and tired of it every year. It's something. And it's like, Oh, well this happened because this, and we, we have a billion excuses for every different thing this year, go out and prove it, go out and earn it. No more excuses. If your offensive line play is not good, you can still be a good court. Like you're not going to, it's obviously very beneficial to have a great offensive line, but you can still do things where it's like, okay, okay. Tua made a great play there. Tua did this Tua is doing this. It's like, he has to have some level of accountability this year and if he doesn't meet it, at some point, it's like, that's enough is enough. We're done making excuses. We got to cut the ties. So that's kind of how I feel. Um, I, I'm not with the excuses. Um, unless, I mean, if Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, um, the whole offensive line gets hurt, maybe at that point you could say, okay, this might be a little unfair to him. 
but just some normal injuries that are going to happen and some normal bad plays that are going to happen. You can't keep making excuses. Accountability this year. Prove it to me that you are the guy. Hey, dog says, if we start 0 for 4, we should just try to get a top pick and drafting a quarterback or try to get Lamar Jackson. I would not be surprised if Lamar Jackson was on the Miami Dolphins next year if it doesn't work out with Tua. And that's because he hasn't got his contract extension. He hasn't got that deal done. He wants it done. He was born and raised in Broward County. I would not rule out Lamar Jackson. And that's where I think the draft picks would go because I think Steven Ross is fed up. He's like, we can't draft a quarterback to save our life. I don't trust us to draft a quarterback. But that's why I want this thing to Tua with – this is why I want that thing to Tua to work out so bad because if he is good this year, this team is going to make a run. It's going to change the dynamic of the franchise. And we're going to have two first-round picks next year. And we could leverage that for any positional need that we need in the entire league, bro. Yeah, and what I'll say is respect to Hey Dog. We appreciate you listening. But but that's kind of the old loser mentality that the Dolphins have had, where it's like kind of we didn't start out so hot. Let's suck a little bit and get a better draft pick or do this or do that. It's like, let's win some fucking games this year. Bottom line, period, the end. I don't care if it starts 0-4. I mean, the schedule in the middle is easy enough where you can get back and then win some of those games at the end of the year that maybe you weren't supposed to win. So I'm not going to write this season off. It's going to be a long season, and it starts tough. So if it starts 0-4, I'm still going to back this team and say, hey, boys, we still have what it takes to win games and and not give up and just say, okay, we're going to tank for the draft. Because half the time that doesn't even work. I mean, you you tank and then you go up there and draft a quarterback that sucks and it doesn't do anything. Or you trade up to number two from where you're picking and you draft Deion Jordan and this guy's just the worst defensive end to ever live. The draft picks aren't for sure. So who we got to stop banking on draft picks, banking on tanking. That was a nice rhyme there. Um, and we got to just win some football games. Period. The end. That's 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 what it's all about this year. What do you think, BJ? Uh, well, on that, I do not want Lamar Jackson. I not. I saw. Anywhere, I saw you shaking your head. Anywhere Why is near that? my team. I do not want that. I I think there's two quarterbacks in the draft that I'd rather take than him in Stroud and Young. Yeah, Stroud, they do have a pretty good draft class that year. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, that's I would. You just take that because if you do that, you pay the quarterback probably. You're paying him what thirty million minimum, probably. And you're already yeah. paying Hill. That doesn't void well for when Waddle's contract comes up. Eventually, you're going to have to pay Gasecki or not. You know, you're going to have to pay everybody. So, I would, I would like to say buy a quarterback, but it's not really feasible if you want to keep building the team. That's fair. I think that's definitely like that. fair. Because when you, yeah, exactly. Because being on a rookie deal, it gives us so much flexibility at this time. So Huge. as soon as you go pay a quarterback, big quarterback money, it kind of ch- changes the dynamic. So, I, I mean, I think we're all on the same page here. Yeah. Um, apologies for the third and not second. Um, my bad. Um, I don't have, I lost my train of thought there. I don't even know what I was saying. That's Something about rookie quarterback deals. Oh, yeah. I mean, we are all on the same page here where we just want Tua to work out. Tua working out would be the best case scenario because that way we yep. still get him on his rookie deal through five years. Then we sign him. Then we have to go through some salary cap stuff. But for now, it's in everyone's best interest for Tua to be the absolute best quarterback that, that he can be. 
Agreed. The Triple S Podcast has a question. Smokes, what do you grade to his performance in his first and second years individually, a.k.a. what he could control? All right, so his first year, 2020, 11 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 1,800 yards passing. Now, this is why I don't like stats, because that sounds like an amazing year, because he, he only started after the Rams. But if you watch the entire season, you know that he got benched three times. So... And probably could have had about 11 interceptions. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't the greatest of year. I would probably give him, I think a C minus is fair. Uh, almost a D plus. <laughs> I thought it was a little bit of a letdown. Um, I mean, I knew, I know he was coming off his hip surgery, but we heard things that he didn't know the playbook. The whole team was kind of surprised that he was starting. Like Fitzpatrick was basically heartbroken. No one understood why the hell we were going to just throw him out there against the Rams. And I didn't either, but I was really excited for him. But I didn't think his rookie year was that great at all. So, and Tua agrees with that. Tua agrees yeah. with that. So he said it. Uh, I'll give him, I'll get, I'll stick with the C minus his rookie year. And then 2021, 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 2,600 yards. I think the best ability is availability. He missed too many games for me to go out there and say he had a great year. He had nine fumbles that we recovered eight of them. We got blessed with that. Um, and then it seemed like every single game we had one terrible interception. But then there was also flashes where he was just making these throws that I couldn't believe were being completed. He was putting them in great ball location Great spots, was throwing it to places only his receiver could get. So I saw the flashes of what Tua can be in this league, but I haven't seen the consistency, and I haven't seen the availability. And that's what I need most from my quarterback. So I'll give him a C for that year. I'll give him a C. I think he looked better than his rookie year. And I just think I think this year's for all the marbles. I just think this year's for all the marbles. What would you give him, BJ? Uh, like, do you want an overall or just rookie rookie season then second? Is that what he's wanting? Um, whichever one you think you could give the better take on. I I think it's really about the same as yours. I'm going to give him the D, D plus for the rookie year. But I right. think, like he said, it's – I don't think he expected to be thrown in there either. That's right. kind of why he didn't know the playbook. That shouldn't be an excuse. You make millions to play football. So – you should probably know the playbook, but I think that was so. I was, but he was, and I think it was just because, not to say he was too hyped up, but he was coming off a very serious injury, and it was just I didn't think he should have played either. But and then same for like the second year, probably C, about a C. I mean, he didn't do anything too great. He showed small glimpses of like, oh, he could be. And then he goes to London, and it's just like, you probably shouldn't have even been picked in the second round. So, that's mine. I respect that. Um, I mean, rookie year, I'm not too crazy on, on judging rookie quarterbacks too harshly. They are coming into a brand new league. He was coming off an injury on top of that. So, I mean, I would just go with a straight C for the rookie year. Um, the second year, honestly, is a year I thought he would take a bit of a jump. Smoke said it best. The best ability is availability. When you're getting hurt, it doesn't help your case. Um, is that completely his fault with the offensive line and, and him taking those hits? 
Maybe not. So is it maybe a little unfair? Sure. But at the same time, shit like that's going to happen. You're playing football. You're going to get hit. So you got to right. be durable. Um, you said it best smoke too, with the fumbles and the interceptions, like that's so disappointing. And, and it, it's nice to have the flashes. It, it's amazing to see the flashes and what he can do, but that stuff goes out the window so quickly when you turn the ball over and, and taking care yep. of the football is paramount at the quarterback position. So honestly, I, I would grade last year at, at probably C minus just, just based on some of those things, the injuries, the fumbles, the interceptions. Um, so I'd go C, C minus. All right, one last question, and then we're going to wrap it up. FL Jetski Bro Ape, Tua or Jimmy G? I'm going to go with Tua. Only because if I don't sit here and say I would take Tua over Jimmy G, we have a major problem at the quarterback position. I know Jimmy G, he's been to a Super Bowl. You, you could show me the stats and make the argument that Jimmy G is the better quarterback. And I'll give you that. There's an argument to be made. I don't agree with the with the statement that Jimmy G is better than Tua. I think Tua's ceiling is higher. I think Tua's a better passer. I think he's more accurate. And if you want to talk about quarterbacks being carried, no one has been carried more than Jimmy G. He had his little four-game run with the Patriots and probably the best system imaginable, a team that won the Super Bowl that year. And then he goes to San Francisco, and they have the best defense in the NFL. And then last year, all they did was run the ball 45 times a game, made it to the NFC Championship game, and when they needed him most, he was nowhere to be found. But you could also say that when we need two of the most, he's also nowhere to be found. And it kills me to say it, but just look at last year and the year before. I think Tua has more potential. Therefore, I will take Tua over him. And Jimmy G, he's also he's not very durable either. So availability is the best ability. Can't really give an edge to either of those guys. So I'm going to just go off potential and accuracy with the football. And I, I would give the edge to Tua. I'm going to let you go because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think on okay. this for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So my answer is two-part. So – Part one, if you needed one of the quarterbacks to come play quarterback for the Miami Dolphins just this season um, with the goal of winning as many games as possible and trying to win playoff games, I think you would have to say Garoppolo just just because he's been there. He's done it. He already knows the system. I think it would be a, a perfect plug and play. Jimmy G would do fine this year. But if you're saying which guy would I take right now to be my starting quarterback for the next five years? I mean, I'm not I'm not saying Jimmy G there. You got to look at the potential with Tua. It's only going to be his third year. Jimmy G's been in the league for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. So we already know what we're getting with Jimmy G. There's never, there's not going to be a year where Jimmy G comes out and just blows his expectations away, and he's way better than right. when he's been the last eight years. It's like we know what you're getting with Jimmy G, and it's a, a average to above average quarterback. I, th- I think that's kind of fair for Tua right now. You would call him average, but with potential to grow from that. So long-term, give me Tua. If it was a one-year deal and I could take Jimmy this year, I'd take Jimmy. I think I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, he's a game manager, and you know what he is, but I'd take a game manager taking this team to the Super Bowl any day of the week. I don't care if it's Gumby, Chippendale. I don't care who has to take them. I'll I'll gladly see this team. So, yeah, like he said, one-year deal. Give me Jimmy G. He can get us there. You can trade him, and then you could ride with Tua. 
but two is on a rookie deal. You have the potential, and the rookie deal comes up all the time because it's just, I mean, it's just a huge thing. You have them for cheap, no matter how good they are. They sign what they sign for, and whether they're a seventh round pick or a first, you still you have them super cheap. So, yeah, give me, give me two long term, Jimmy G, one year. All right. Well, there you have it. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Smoke Shell, BJ Bobby. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to everyone in the comments and tuning in, and we'll see you guys on Friday. Celtics and seven. Oh. Shut oh, up! Man. I knew I should. Oh man! It. Oh God! I can't believe.